Welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the podcast all about cosplay, conventions, and all the other nerdy bits and bites. Um, so for this episode, I'm joined back with my lovely friend, Mink the Seder. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Good, good. So this is the post-New uh, York Comic Con episode, so to speak. So... <laughs> Before we get into that, uh, just a couple of housekeeping rules. Um, so Cosplay Bites is the show that's on Anchor, our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your favorite whatever audio listening platform you enjoy. And it would greatly be appreciated if you guys were able to rate and review the show. Um, and then over on my blog, Lightning Palace, um, you can check out recent Posts I did on cosplayers like Miss Chrissy Lynn as Nightwing, uh, Blackwater Cosplay as Vanessa Van Cleef. Uh, there's also my convention report that I did on Comic-Con, but I mean, we're going to talk about that for the whole episode. So there's that. And then I got like Panther Cosplay from Persona 5, um, Stephen K. Smith props, Orc Warrior, and a whole lot of other talented people. Uh, upcoming within the next few weeks and also just a huge uh shout out to my fellow um people that support me on patreon i have shaylin noah coralia jade oh my sophie cat yuska moon fox mink the Seder, and nicole marie jean and with that out of the way um yeah so both mink and i attended new york comic-con 2019 uh, about a week ago and the sad news is <laughs> we weren't able to find each other we just kept missing each other as you told me yeah it, was, it felt like it was a little bit more crowded than usual particularly in the expo hall i wound up only going in for an hour the entire weekend it was just way too loud and busy and if you're in a costume it's just kind of an awful place to be because i spent way more time guarding my stuff from people than actually looking at the things that i wanted to buy so that was a bit of an unfortunate part but otherwise an amazing convention oh yeah yeah i had a lot of uh cosplay mishaps with both of my outfits that kind of made me realize maybe i should bring like one outfit to convention from now on just so that I don't have a lot of crap to carry. Cause that definitely felt like it. Like well, um, my brother and I had a system, but I wasn't able to participate in it. A lot of my friends arrived on Thursday for New York comic con. It's a four day con. Yeah. And so their life strategy was Thursday was their like down day. So that was the day that they went to the expo hall and did their like major shopping. They made sure they went to Artist Alley, like any of those things they accomplished on Thursday when it was less crowded and to some degree on Friday when it was less crowded. Once you get to Saturday and Sunday, it was just an absolute zoo. And you kind of expect that on Sunday, it's the last day of the convention. Maybe it'll be less chaotic. Oh, God, no. It was way more no. chaotic than ever. Yeah, so, that was so weird. Oh, I mean, like, I live for it because I love seeing people, but it made it very difficult for me to traverse the actual shopping area, which probably was good for my wallet. But there were a lot of people <laughs> I wanted to meet 
who were in the expo hall, like meet me at such and such number, or I'm going to be at such and such booth. And I even have friends who are vending who I wanted to see at the actual booths proper, but I wasn't able to because my costume sort of precluded me from being able to move. Right. And it's not just because it's crowded. Like, granted, I think it's the combination of it being crowded and it being full of people who might not have the same etiquette that uh, other cosplayers do when it comes to costumes. Right, right. I felt a lot more people, like, kind of pushing and shoving more than I had other years. And I don't know if that's just, like, a change or – I'm not sure. It was just – it was something I noticed, like, huh, there's a lot more pushing and shoving this year. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely areas in the expo hall where it was just, like, a giant blockade of, like, just a small group of people or just, like, oh, I'm stuck here and everyone's moving very slowly. What do I do? You know, I wonder wonder as I think about it if it's because – things like Comic-Con are becoming so part of the cultural zeitgeist that now it's not just like us nerds going to a con. You get kind of everybody, which is amazing. But part of getting everybody is getting everybody, including people who might be less polite about trying to get from A to B. Right, exactly. So I kind of wish that there was... um, as much of a a um, advertising, like I know there's the cosplay is not consent advertising, which I noticed was absent from New York Comic Con typical like advertising stuff because I like when they do that. Anyway, so they, I would love there to be that kind of advertising, but like you know reminders to be considerate of others. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know how that would work. I'm. Yeah. I'm not Reed Pop. I can't make those life decisions. But I can say that, you know, saying excuse me goes a long way. It does. <laughs> At it least does. in my book. If somebody pushes me by mistake and just keeps going, I'm kind of like, what the heck? But yeah. if somebody pushes me by mistake and is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Like, easily I brush that stuff off. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking that happened- in. Yeah, that happened a lot to me where people will say, I'm sorry, as I'm walking by. I was like, it's cool. No worries. Right. Because it's come in human decency. I miss that when we have giant crowds. I like <laughs> How dare. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah, pretty much I arrived on Thursday and just crashed at where I was staying because, I mean, I didn't get a ticket for Thursday. So we, I did Friday to Sunday. Um, my outfits were, I debuted Riku from Kingdom Hearts 3, um, which had a lot of mishaps. So first of all, and I knew I should have, I, I should have checked the bag before I left, before I got in the car, but I got to my, where I was staying and I opened the bag. I forgot the wig. So I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, Arda Wigs had a booth there and they saved my ass. <laughs> Because they had a wig that was a pretty solid replacement, so I just went up and bought it. But then... Yeah, Arda usually has a presence. It's not the only wig place that um, has a presence at Comic-Con, but it is, like, that's my first go-to place. Yeah, that's pretty much a go-to for, like, almost any cosplayer for, like, that need a wig for their outfit. And then um, 
I miraculously found a Keyblade over at Spirit Halloween, of all places, and I got it. But then the second before I was going to get on the train to go into the city, the keychain fell off. <laughs> and it was beyond repair. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, kind of expected it because it, it was kind of not, I don't want to say cheaply made, but I mean, like, it was mostly like plastic. I mean, it's pretty good looking keyboard. And I mean, like, I had one from the from uh, my prop that I built uh, a couple years back. So I just attached that one to this keyboard and um yeah and then for the first time i had an actual legit like really like pro like a uh, photo shoot with the photographer slash cosplayer that i was a fan of and um we took some really awesome shots i'm really excited to get them back but um we're walking in this nice area like right next door to the convention center and i took a misstep and i fell <laughs> which kind of okay. Yeah, it, it shocked, like, everyone around us. And so, like, the guy helped me up. But then I realized that I tore a hole in the pants. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. And, I mean, it kind of bummed me out. But then, like, at the same time, when I first got the cosplay, um, I think I overestimated the side thing because I got a medium. And yeah. if you – for anyone that's seen uh, Riku's design in Kingdom Hearts 3 – the pants are kind of like, they kind of look like shorts, kind of. But like, so the pants went way down to almost like to my feet, like all the way down to my ankles, which is way farther than it should have. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm probably going to rebuy this cosplay at the end of the year as like a Christmas present to myself. So I just, I ended up throwing away the pants at the end of the convention <laughs> as I was packing up. Oh, they're ripped. Yeah. And then I went to go, I brought my Polaroid camera with me for a prompto. And I wanted to take a shot with one of the girls that I saw that I visited in, uh, when I was in Riku. And I guess that even though I barely touched the thing, um, the battery drained over time. So the battery was dead and I didn't think to bring the charger cause I didn't think it would be an issue. So I ended up having a Polaroid camera that wasn't working. <laughs> No, so that's I, just dead weight. Yeah, so I couldn't really take any nice little memories. So lesson learned, now I'm at home and the battery is sitting inside the charger. It's all charged up, but I'm not taking it out. Like I'm probably going to plug it back in uh, before my next convention. And then just to make sure that um, that doesn't happen again. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> Um, so from what I saw and what you told me and everything, um, you bought two outfits for the convention. Um, you bought I actually your brought three. I just didn't wear one of them. Oh, so you did bring Plusle. I did. I brought Plusle. My plan was to wear it on Sunday, but I was just so pumped about one of my other cosplays that I just, I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> So you brought your Aloy, which was always a fun cosplay to see. And then you debuted your toothless Gajinka from How to Train Your Dragon. So That's how, right. yeah, how was it wearing those outfits? Um, it's not my first rodeo with Aloy. So that one was, that one was pretty interesting uh, in that um, 
I had sent my wig back to Hero Hair, which is the, the company that I had gotten my hair custom made from. They have, they're based out of New York City, so it was easy to, to get access to them once I was in New York City. But what was amazing is, so they do this system where once you buy a wig from them, they'll like maintain it for you. So I sent them my wig like the week before and they zhuzhed it up and like, actually they, they wound up styling it a little bit differently than it had it than it had been previously styled. So it looked closer to the game, which was very, very cool. Oh, wow. And that Saturday morning, cause I was wearing it Saturday for the um, championship of cosplay contest. Um, they came over to my hotel room, the, the woman who made it. Um, she came over to my hotel room and got me into my hair, which was, I, it's, I, it was just so delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I found that after the fact, she was so cute. She was like, oh yeah. Um, they had a booth uh, in the expo hall. They do every year. And she was yet again, one of the people that I wanted to go see and wasn't able to, and it made me sad. But she was like, oh, yeah, um, we were displaying your wig all of Thursday and Friday. Sorry we didn't ask. And I was like, it's all good. You know me. Like, get some airtime with that wig. It's lovely. <laughs> so that was really nice. I love getting to, like, kind of sit and be a princess for a minute. Um, so that was – it was nice to not have to be the one to put myself into that wig. And she does – a very lovely job of making sure that it's just perfect and just right, which makes sense because they do screen accurate wigs. They do like movie quality wigs. Yeah. So of course she wants it to look perfect and beautiful. So it was, it was a wonderful experience there. Um, and then getting to wear Aloy was a wonderful and charming experience. Toothless yeah. was also wonderful, but it was wonderful in a different direction. So, Oh, Aloy was comfortable and I had done it before, so I knew exactly what to do. Toothless, this was the first time I was putting all the elements together. So that Friday is when I wore it. And I had not done a makeup test for Toothless. I had no idea going into the bathroom of my hotel what my face was going to look like. So it was just kind of like, I'm going to play. And hopefully when I'm done, it's going to look fabulous and flawless that I'm going to like it. And it turns out I did enjoy it. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But <laughs> it was, it was like a roll of the dice moment. I was like, boy, I hope I know what I'm doing. Cause I did not demo this at all. <laughs> it was really the first time all of those elements came together. The night before was the first time, like wearing every piece all together. So like it was, it was not a photo finish, but it was pretty, pretty down to the wire. Uh, I felt really good about it. It got a lot of really positive reactions, which make me feel, as an artist, very validated, which yeah. I know it's stupid to even now be like, I crave people's validation. But I think that's something that all artists ultimately do. You could say, oh, this isn't for you. This is for me. Or, oh, I don't care what other people think. But at the end of the day, as an artist, my work is meant for human consumption. So yeah. if someone consumes my media and says, this is great, of course I'm going to feel good. That's just, those are just facts. Yeah. So it was really nice to get such a positive hype from the experience. I hit the show floor with my buddy Rocket Props, who had done 
um, like the grown up hiccup from the end of the third movie. Okay. So we kind of worked as each other's mutual handlers. And that was just pretty amazing. We had a really good time on Friday. Um, it was one of the few times where people didn't feel weird or bad about asking if they could take a picture of the backside of me until after they had already asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say this because so I have a very elaborate tail. Okay. Um, I wound up doing it very stylized. So instead of it being like, okay, here's Toothless's tail, like here's the tube, here's some of the little like ridges on his back, and then here's his tail, like the tail fin. Um, I wound up doing the whole thing out of leather, and I did it rather stylized so that each segment looked like vertebrae. Um, it's a really fun, it was really fun to pattern. And then it was really, really fun to execute. And it just looks really nice. It has really good bend um, to it. And so people were really drawn to it. And folks were like, can I get a picture of the back? And then they would say it. And then they immediately, like, you watch them, like, the color drain from their face. They were like, because I want a picture of the tail. I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. I get it. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. was, that was really funny. Trying to move around, though, in that costume was nothing short of hilarious because <laughs> a pair of wings that have a greater wingspan than my own personal wingspan. So I'm five foot six. These were bigger than five foot six. I, I, do I know how big? No, I have no idea because I haven't even had the opportunity to physically measure from tip to tip, but they are bigger than my arms. I know this because when I hold out my arms, I can't quite wrap my hand around both wings. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting trying to move around a crowd eventually we figured out a system where um two of my friends uh expletives and thread and v cosplay like walked on either side of my wing and slightly ahead we referred to ourselves as the flying v throw <laughs> 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 to the uh, mighty ducks trilogy but that meant that, like, as we walked, uh, V would be like, the flying V. And I would sit there and be like, quack, 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 quack. 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 And yeah. nobody yeah. understood what was going on because they're like, why is this girl just, like, toothless quacking at us? Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> oh, about you. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Nothing's ruined. Yeah. Yeah, that whole artist validation thing really goes a long way. Because I had I had a couple people just like look at me as Riku and just like excitedly say Riku, yeah, like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so that I brings up a magical point. Um, yeah. When we're all in cosplay, obviously, no one unless you know the person personally, you're not like shouting out their cosplay handle. You're you're calling them by their character's name, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but, like, usually what happens is you'll get one of two things. You'll get character name followed by I like your costume, which is awesome. Or you get the fan of that genre. So it's character name and then insert a quote or character name and a fun fact about the show that the character is from or the media that the character is from. Yeah. I tend to fall into the latter, but then I'll follow up with I love your costume. But, like, Classic example, I was walking 
to the bridge in New York uh, at the Javits Center um, that all of the cosplayers flock to because that's where a lot of the photographers have pre-set up their crap. Um, anyway, so I'm walking there. I see somebody with a giant, um, uh, like, South Park head. Okay. And it was Randy Marsh, uh, Stan's dad. Yep. And so rather than being like, oh, my God, I love your Randy costume, or like, oh, my God, South Park, I just yelled, hey, how about some cream friche? Which was the weirdest thing to yell at somebody. <laughs> like, admittedly, <laughs> it's so weird because it's like a, a random quote from a episode in a 20-plus like season show. But what was amazing is that not only did the person in the costume totally understand what I was doing and oh, like started which made me happy, but the surrounding people, like other people, then start shouting cream friche, which was a weird moment for sure. I'm sitting here like, what just happened? Like I set off a weird call response, like somebody's lizard brain is activating right now and it was bizarre and magical and it made me feel good because when i see things i'm a fan of i tend to yell obscure trivia and obscure quotes at them because clearly they're a fan so they would appreciate the obscurity yeah yeah go for something that everyone else you know will shout at them i want someone to be like hey the sea of people who were like, yeah, South Park. One dude was like, <laughs> green freak. Oh, man. Yeah, that's I what I... That was a little obscure, though. Anytime I saw a Daenerys cosplayer from Game of Thrones, when I was dressed up as Toothless, I would go like, Mom! Or like, hey, y'all, <laughs> my mom! And it would take like every Daenerys cosplayer, it would take like a half beat to be like, what is, oh, she's dressed as a dragon. Oh, I'm Mother of Dragons. Oh, oh I get it. It takes them a second. Like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, like it was It was a couple of steps to get to that. And I was like, it, my mom, guys. She's a Mother of Dragons. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm glad it was great for you because I think I scared a couple of Daenerys cosplayers. Daenerys cosplayers from New York Comic Con. If you're listening to the podcast, I deeply apologize for terrifying you i was just really excited about your sweet sweet hair and your awesome costumes all of you every generous cosplayer has sweet sweet hair it's like a rule or something i'm so jealous right i want sweet hair and i had sweet hair i had like amazing custom wig on saturday and then when i was toothless i was literally wearing a wig on top of another wig oh wow because i needed to have amazing viking hair and one does not simply get amazing viking hair no they I do not have a volume but i didn't want it to be teased i wanted it to be beautiful so <laughs> me, that meant buy two of the same wig from arca of course and then i literally put one wig on top of the other wig stitched it down and wore two wigs at once like a you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, I remember I shouted out a prompto quote to a Noctis cosplayer. I don't think he heard me, but I I just shouted out a quote because I I want to try to do that too, like just spouting out quotes to other like Final Fantasy 15 cosplayers that I see. Um, 
something makes you feel more like a crazy person than when you shout to a cosplayer and they don't hear you. Yeah. Because then it's just like you're shouting nonsense into the void and the people around you clearly hear you. And then you're just like, yeah, okay, have a good day. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I'll go now. Ignore me, ignore me. Nice job. Like, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard to physically uh, recover cool points when that happens. I know because it happens to me all the flipping time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Um. So I mainly went around. Uh, I was able to take care of my shopping most of it on Friday, and then the rest of it on Saturday. Uh, some of the cosplayers that I saw. Um. A couple were mainly um, over in the River Pavilion, which I guess had become the Cosplay Central area now. Which, yeah, um, I think because I think that's where you had your panel. Oh, are you talking about the Crystal Palace? Is that what it's called? I'm talking about it was the River Pavilion that was near the Sci-Fi Lounge, like in the upper area of the Javits Center. Yeah, they had been referring to that area as the Crystal Palace. The Crystal Palace, huh? I mean, the sign said River Pavilion, so they're just referring to it as that. <laughs> uh, okay. It, it's yeah, it's the same place. It's the place where um where Sci-Fi Wire kind of had their like headquarters as well. Right. It's like right. Sci-Fi Wire and Zero and all of the cosplay panels were all in that centrally located area. So there was like there's the pavilion, which is on one floor, and we'll call it, say, if you're thinking basement floor, first floor, second floor, this would be like a, air quotes, third floor. But then there's this other room, even higher than that, on like an air quotes, fourth floor, that all the cosplayers gathered. So that might be the river pavilion, because um, the Crystal Palace is technically that air quotes, third floor. Right. I had right. I had this explained to me because I was like, this whole thing looks like a crystal palace. What makes this place more crystal than another? I don't know. <laughs> I was real bad at navigating, let me tell you. Yeah. So I got to meet uh, Holly Wolf, who I've had here on the show previously. She was there working at the Vero booth. Uh, she was dressed up as mainly... I guess horror-inspired cosplays. I feel like a lot of the people I saw were. Um, I saw Kristen Huey on Friday. She was dressed up as uh, Tiffany from the Chucky series. And then that was the only day, well, aside from Thursday. Yeah, I think I saw that, yeah. Yeah, those were the only days she was there. Um, Holly Wolf had signing from Friday to Sunday. Uh, Friday, she was uh, female Freddy Krueger. Uh, Saturday, she was the Joker dressed up as the nurse as he was in the Dark Knight movie. So that was really cool. And then it was uh, super sexy Harley Quinn time on Sunday (laughs) with a mallet that she apparently made in like three days, like at the con. Like she had she told me she had to pack like the the um, the hammer like portion itself and then had to like run around certain stores in the city to get like dowels to like make the mallet 
And then she trashed it afterwards because she's like, I'm not bringing this home. <laughs> um, I met a couple of cosplayers over at the uh, Epic 7 mobile game booth that had a presence this year. Uh, it was um, Daniel, DeNicola, and Roliat. Um, they were in outfits that were, um, I guess, made by other people for them for this event. So they looked really awesome in them when i saw them and then um you had cosplayed like ivy doom kitty who i didn't get a chance to see but she was working at one of the booths for all weekend um luxlow cosplay was that one booth that i remember that another cosplayer would frequently work with in past years um and that was pretty much it um in terms of like common like popular uh, franchise there i mean i did see a lot of spider-man cosplays but i feel like that's a given because it's new york it was funny oh, though yeah. yeah it was funny though because i was just walking outside near the tunnels where the food trucks were and i saw the spider-man just scream out to a stan lee cosplayer like dad and then started crying oh <laughs> that's cute oh it's sweet um I met this really amazing Thor cosplayer that uh, I might be doing an episode with later. Uh, she goes by the name uh, Princess Natkins on Instagram. And holy smokes, she did an amazing uh, Jane Foster Thor. Like, it was rad. And then... Oh, I also saw um, Ireland Reed over at the Artist Alley in the main... Uh, one of the main booths that she was working with all three days. And she was dressed up as um, Vampirella, Elvira, and just her regular self in a uh, Deadpool suit, which was nice. Um, I didn't do a lot of... Sh okay, well, I did do shopping. Um, I was shocked that Square Enix wasn't there this year. Oh, they weren't? No. Because... Hmm. They usually take all my money. So they didn't uh, this year. Because, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I looked at all my loot and I was like, I didn't get any figures this year. Oh, that's right. Square wasn't there. Because I like had a hope that like maybe they haven't announced it yet, or maybe it'll be like the same thing with uh, Kingdom Hearts three, where they would surprisingly have like Final Fantasy seven remake demos at the con, but no, they didn't show up. Um. I got this really cute uh, doll of Riku from this sweet lady and I guess either her friend or her brother or whoever uh, with her. Um, they, were an Etsy, the, they run an Etsy shop called Night Owl um, and they make just handmade, custom-made dolls of characters from like TV shows, movies, comics, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then... I got this really cool um, shadow box of this company called Video Game Shadow Boxes. And they do shadow boxes of mainly uh, old-fashioned retro games. So I got one of the scene in the first Zelda when you first get the sword and the old man goes, it's dangerous to go alone, take this. Oh, sure. And this one had some integration with a third-party app and if i i downloaded the app 
and they showed it to me where they, if you hold it up to this barcode on the box, then the box will actually like animate and play out the scene. So that was really interesting. So that's hanging out in front of my uh, bedroom door. Um, I got a plushie of a little cat. It's very cute from um, Tasty Peach Studios. Oh, I like Tasty Peach. Yeah. I yeah. have a couple of other things. Yeah. And then I also, they had a, a Bowsette pin that I guess was part of their Patreon. So I was like, oh, I want that. Yes, Cute. please. <laughs> oh, speaking um, of, did you know I technically had pins at New York Comic Con? I was going to say, you usually do have pins of your latest outfits or like whatever ones you brought. So did you have toothless pins? No, I didn't bring any pins with me to um, New York Comic Con that I was giving away. Um, what I wanted to share is that I have been in a partnership with um, Foam Brain Games. Okay. So they are a dice and game company. Dice are like their main squeeze, but like they do games as well. And so they have been um, pretty consistently having me do some enamel pin designs for them. And so they debuted a new design I had done that was just for Comic-Con. So that was delightful. It was, it was D20 meets superhero, which I thought was super cute. The design came out very cute, too. Oh, wow. Um, and... They had some, so I've done a couple of things for them over over the last calendar year, but I think one of my favorites, and I think their favorites too, is um, there is a uh, red dragon pin that I did for them. Okay. It's just like a big fat red dragon, and he comes with a little fireball, which is like a separate pin. Like so, technically, it's a two for one. So right. You get right. This fat red dragon and you get the little fireball which most people would put right above his little snoot but if you decide that you want to put it um you know by his butt that's your prerogative now <laughs> so oh, wow. i meant to i wanted to go there to see i had also done some unicorn pin designs for them too and i wanted to see if those had debuted for this particular event or not but i wasn't able to get to their booth which Makes me so sad, so sad. Um, yeah. But yeah, sadly, right now the pins that I've designed for Foam Brain at the time of recording aren't available for purchase on their website. So really, the only way that you can get them so far is by going to the convention. It's like a convention that they're at. But right. There's. Stupid cute. I own like a couple of them because, of course, I like can't help myself because I got so excited about being part of the project. So, <laughs> um, so I had a couple of the, the upshot is I had a couple of enamel pins that were there that were my design, which makes me very happy. Nice. Did you buy any oh Pokemon plushies? I did buy stuff when I was when I was at Comic Con. It was just. Very condensed, the things that I bought. It, I condensed it to, like, uh, an hour-long experience. At least 40 of those minutes were finding a very specific booth. And did you there find... Was a, well, it was, it was a booth, 
that had a t-shirt that had a picture of it looked like the Taco Bell logo, but it had been edited to look like a Weeping Bell from Pokemon. And oh, then the yeah. Weeping Bell. A friend of mine saw it, um, and he knew that I do a Weeping Bell pun costume where it looks like Weeping Bell the Pokemon, but also Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Yep, yep. So he was like, Mink, you need to own this shirt. <laughs> and here is the number that it's at. And I was like, okay, we have a quest. Like, thank you, friend. This is my my friend Kenny. Like, thank you so much for giving me like such amazing directions because I would have been like, it's in the expo hall. Go find it. <laughs> you know, like right. so I immediately I like beelined it as quickly as I could to the booth to get the t-shirt. Of course I got it. That's not even a question. And then <laughs> I like I turn and there is another booth that among the many things that they're selling, one of the things they're selling is coloring books based off of like movies. Now, normally this wouldn't necessarily like get me out of bed, but one of them was called Abide the Lines. And it was a big Lebowski themed coloring book, which of course just made me smile because the idea of big Lebowski in any sort of kid form is hilarious. And this coloring book was definitely not. Good. But oh, my brother is really into the big Lebowski. So I was like, boom, we're done. I'm getting this for my twin. Like he loves the big Lebowski. He probably won't care that it's like, he probably doesn't give a crap about coloring books, but I think he'll find it amusing, especially because again, with the tagline abide the lines, I was like, this is, just so darn charming. So of course I bought it. Um, and I felt really bad for the guy who was selling it because he his card reader wasn't working. So he was cash only, but I didn't have cash. And oh, I was no. like, well, can I PayPal you? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. But it took me five ever to get PayPal working because we're in the expo hall in New York City, which means cell phone service is nearly non-existent. I eventually got it to work and that was great. And then I was able to go on my final quest, which was I needed to buy at least one Pokemon plushie. I was going to say, did you get a Pokemon plushie? Of course they did. Now <laughs> of course, I had to take pictures inside of several Pokemon plushie booths because I needed to be like, help friends. I I'm, save me from myself. Um, which of course everyone was like, you must be stopped. Like, Oh my God surely you have enough and i was like nope i need one more uh and i thought <laughs> i was gonna get a giant mew plushie but then oh. i saw it the plush i actually got was beautiful happy snorlax and i don't have a snorlax in my collection i've got a couple mews I don't have a snorlax and this wasn't just like sleepy time face snorlax it was like Still closed eyes because opened eyes Snorlax is horrifying. <laughs> closed eyes Snorlax, arms up like he actually stood up for this, which like, thank you Snorlax. I appreciate that you came correct. And his mouth is open to this wide toothy smile. Like he's got little fangs and it's adorable. So of course it was like, I want this plushie. And the guy who's vending it is like, let me know if you have any questions. And I was like, I want to know if I can buy that Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you got it, Buckaroo. I added the Buckaroo. I wish he called me Buckaroo. That would have been really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my one hour on the Expo Hall. As soon as I bought that plush, it, like, 
the sense of being overwhelmed came on me like a freight train. Oh no. And I was like, I've got to get out of here. And I'm sitting here, I'm wearing like leather and fur and like, spoiler alert, these materials don't breathe. So I'm sitting there sweltering and it finally yeah. like crept up that all of that was happening. I was like, I, I got to get gone. I don't, I don't care where it is. I just can't be here. Yeah. So I wound up headed back down to the, um, to the championship of cosplays. Like here, you can hang out here, green room, which was marvelously air conditioned and and quiet. So it was like um, amazing. If you're feeling overwhelmed, that was the place to be. Unfortunately, because it was specifically a green room for the participants, it was not open to the public, which meant that it was exactly what I needed in that moment. So of course I went down there. And I wound up spending like a good part of the day down there just hanging out with the other cosplayers. There's an adorable um, Belle cosplayer who had done some applique on her gown and the applique had gotten caught on like people or things as she was going about the convention. So right. she was like, I need to, I need to sew these back on before the show. And I was like, I'll help. Give me something to do with my hands. I believe that was how I said it. I was like, please give me something to do with my hands. And then she, she a little <laughs> bit red. Because I was like really going aggressively about like sewing them back on. She's like, girl, you're sewing them better than I sewed them on in the first place. Like, you just need to tack it down. And I was like, nope, I am going to make sure these pieces never leave your dress. <laughs> oh, boy. I just need something to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. It was. The competition itself was bananas. If you want to see some talented people... Just go rewatch the competition. It was on Twitch. Now it's on YouTube. Um, I believe the channel that hosts it is Sci-Fi Wire. Yes, yes, I watched it. You could look up on YouTube using any search algorithm. Like if you use Championships of Cosplay 2019, it'll be the top hit. Like period stuff. Yeah. Um, absolutely stunning, amazing artists, brilliant performers. The MC is like the same MC that they've had for the last like five years. He's amazing. He makes everything so hyped and positive and interesting. And you just like want to listen to him. I love people who have that energy. Yeah. And then like he remembered me from like two years ago when I competed because probably because I have bonkers last name in my life. So um, it's easy to be like, hey. I remember your last name. <laughs> this is true. She has a really. I remember trying to warble my way through that. Yeah, um, she has a very weird last name in real life, it's people. Norwegian. It's long and it's Norwegian, and I don't know what to tell you. It's listen. There's a reason why I go by Mink. It's short and spellable and pronounceable. <laughs> It's like it's hitting all of the the bases that I need. I'm like, is it long? No, great. Is it readable? Great. Is it also an existing word? Fantastic. Check in the boxes. Check in the boxes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the contest was absolutely stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Stuff. And then, of course, I was very delighted because 
uh, folks, there were folks there I knew, and they did very well in the competition. So that makes me happy. When my friends do well, that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. But then I had a moment of zen. <laughs> like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like, I took a prize, yo. That's not nothing. You did take a prize. I saw that. Yeah. Oh my God. That, <laughs> you sound like my mom. My mom, like, does not care, by the way. She's just like, oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know I care. Enthusiasm than that. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, like you, you just like I like flashed back to her being like, "Oh, good." You know, like I don't know how to describe it. Anyway. I didn't mean for it to come out like that. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I want you to know, I entered this costume and was honored. It was my Aloy costume, and I was honored to have been selected because, like. Hundreds of people enter, like they submit to the championship cosplay. And these poor, poor, like organizers have to somehow pick out like 30 something of hundreds, if not thousands, like hundreds of people. And they've got to pick out 30 something. Like that is a task I would never want. Uh, yeah. it so, hard. so it was so, I was so honored to just be selected. Within that so 30, I, yeah. I, What's that? Within that 30, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, to me, that was already a win. And, in fact, when you show up, they actually hand you a certificate, much like any other con convention would hand you an award. They hand you a participation certificate because it's as meaningful, which is, you know, to me, I'm just like, oh, this is so big. I'm, I'm afraid. This, this, <laughs> is, this is going on the fridge. This is going on the wall. Anyway, anyway, so, um, so I go in thinking like I'm seeing everybody I'm seeing the quality of their work and I'm like you know what I knew I was not gonna place I 1000% knew I was not gonna place like, I like my costume I was very authentic in its creation I worked very hard on it but I just looked at some of the other people and I was like dude they better they better take it like this my job being yeah. there was to be there to strut my stuff and be like, this is my victory lap, of course. But I wanted to like have fun and meet people. And I was like, check and check. Like I made some really cool friends. I met a lot of really talented cosplayers and we all started like bonding and then following each other and like checking in on each other. And that was really cute. And like some of them I'm still like chatting with on the side over social media. Um, or like I sent out an email to them today being like, how you doing? Um, like, that was to me worth the price of going and being part of the competition was being yeah. able to meet talented people and just pick their brain, become their friends. Like that was so meaningful to me so that when we also, I was in the needlework division, which, you know, at that point uh, for the championship of cosplay, they don't do like uh, novice journeyman masters because they assume everyone who's there is at the master's level. So they break it down by uh, materials. So they had needlework, special effects, armor, and larger than life were the overall categories. And they did a first, second, third for each category. And then they did a first, second, third for the whole entire shebang. 
Right. And so um, they call up this woman for needlework who is incredibly talented um, for the third place. And I'm sitting here like, Home Slice only got third. She had hand embroidery. Like, she got robbed. I'm sitting there thinking. But I was also thinking, like, if I was going to place, it was going to be in third. So I, I just was like, well, I wasn't here to place. So I'm just happy for this girl who I just became friends with uh, because she did so well. Yeah. And then they bloody well call my name. <laughs> and I think I'm embarrassed to say it because it, my friends have encouraged me to be, to come forward about it. If you want to see what shock looks like, watch the video. I am embarrassed by it. I am like, oh my good God. But I've had a couple of friends who are like, no, everyone needs to see that moment. Um, it's literally, it's like panic that I misheard is like the first thing on my face, followed by, oh wait, what? <laughs> I, mean, I, it. I think I I think I said, are you sure? I don't I don't know if they cut I think they cut off the part where I said are you sure and you just see me mouthing thank you. It did a typo like, on that card. Which is very embarrassing, but that's how like, committed I was. I was like, no, no, this other person's gonna take or that other person's gonna take it. Like, no, no. <laughs> well now I gotta watch this video again after that. Oh my god, yeah. I mean at the end I might have <laughs> I might have committed a light swear. You could definitely see they like cut off. It was I just like enthusiastically like say like damn. <laughs> like, <I'm just> so, <laughs> so you can catch that part too. It was very very silly. <laughs> um, I appreciated. Uh, we were all backstage and the um, when we were backstage and I'm I'm saying like literally backstage. We we're like maybe yards away from the stage. All of us cosplayers. Are, like can't see what's going on on the stage so everybody's got cell phones where they're twitch streaming the live stream but it's at like a delay based on what time you enter the twitch stream <laughs> so we have pockets of different people who are like just watching the show as the show is progressing and of course as soon as I get off stage um, from doing like my little walk on I'm sitting there like, oh, geez, I bet that looked really bad. Like, oh, and, you know, maybe three moments, three minutes later, people are like, oh, your performance was so good. I was like, what are you talking about? I was terrible. They're like, no, here, let's rewind. So they let me see the performance. So I felt better because I was like, oh, good. I don't like <laughs> total circuit free. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, your performance was really good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Would you like to know a secret about my performance? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, so I've done this for a couple of competitions. Uh, doesn't matter what cosplay I'm in. I've done this for a couple of competitions enough so that I think this is now just a thing. Uh, at the end of my walk-on, I have a tendency to do a bow followed by blowing a kiss. These are just things that I do. Yeah. Yep. You did that. But now I've started referring to to what it is, which is the thank you for your consideration bow followed by the um the blowing of a kiss which this time in vain uh, like in the in the same vein as the hunger games thank you for your consideration i did the hunger games salute <laughs> so like, i kissed my two fingers and then i held it out probably confusing 
everybody because right. they're like, wait a minute, Aloy is an archer, but Katniss is a different archer from a different something. What is? It doesn't matter. It was fun. I had a blast. It was really funny to me. I, I think that's just going to have to be part of my performance now, henceforth. Just yeah. thank you for your consideration. Followed by, if I could whistle on stage, I would do the like, you know, like I would totally, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have like especially strong feelings about the Hunger Games, but it's now, it's a thing now. Right. I guess that's my life now. Yeah. <laughs> be on the lookout. Anytime you see a video of me competing, watch for the end of my, my time. And you'll get the signature mink walk-off. You get my signature sign-out. Thank you for your consideration. <laughs> oh, man. Incidentally, that would be a great name for this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay if you name it something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much going to name it the convention name, like how I do with most of the episodes. But, no, I don't... I forget the littlest thing because, like, when you were talking about like, all the things that you were buying, I was just reminded, oh no, I picked up a couple of amiibos of some Smash Fighters that I use in the game. And then I also but got. Life, that's probably why you forgot it. Like, obviously, there were things that you bought that were way more exciting than amiibos. Yeah. Well, then I also got an illustrated biography of Yoshitaka Amano, the Final Fantasy. Yeah. That's fan. true. yeah I don't know why either, because I'm reading it so far, and it's really, really fascinating. Because right now I'm on the part where, because um, like when the when he was like 15 years old, he was offered a job at uh, Tatsunoko Productions over in Japan, and like when they were just starting out with animated like Speed Racer and the Gachaman series, like the guy was only 15. Cause he would well, cause he was obsessed with drawing growing up. So I thought it was really fascinating. So, yeah, I'm working my way through that, um, and a bunch of cosplay prints. I mean, that made up like fifty percent of my loot from the con. <laughs> That's pretty um, awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you did the contest. You had your little, a lot of fun moments. Um, and then you also did a panel. Yeah, I did. Um, I was technically supposed to be part of two panels. <laughs> Three panels? Uh, I was supposed to be part of two panels. I oh, was two. only able to do one. Okay. Uh, so I did a cosplay hacks panel on Friday. And on Saturday, I was supposed to be part of a thermoplastic and foam panel. Unfortunately, they scheduled that panel at the same time as the cosplay contest. Womp And womp. they were unable to move it. Uh-oh. Yeah, so my, my friends who were on the panel were like, hey, we're doing this cosplay panel, and one of our cosplayers is actually in the cosplay contest. Can you move the panel? And they were like, sorry, fam. No can do. So sadly, I had to like miss out on that, but at least it was a really good excuse. <laughs> like, hey, this group is legitimate. We're so legitimate that one of us who was supposed to be here is not actually here for good reason. Right, right. So I 
cosplay hacks panel. It wasn't our first time doing that panel. This is me, Rocket Props, and V Cosplay. We have done it a couple of times before, but this one was um, this one was fun because uh, it was a little bit later in the evening. It was like six thirty on Friday, and I was punchy, and Rocket was punchy, and V was punchy. So we just had a good time. We had yeah. a tremendously good time. We closed out the room. Um, and I was so delighted because I kept making references during the show. Like, you know, if you want to talk to me after the show about applique, like, come talk to me. I will chat your ear off. And somebody did. And that made me so happy. Because she was like, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk to you. And then, like, I thought maybe you didn't actually mean it. And then my boyfriend convinced me. I was like, oh, I a thousand percent meant it. I want to talk to you about applique. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. like those panels are always too short because my favorite part of the panel is actually when we're done with the panel and people come up to us afterwards and ask questions that's my favorite part of the panel right i also don't mind when they take pictures because that makes me feel good like oh can i get a picture i'm like of course of course click 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 um but like i i especially love it when people come up to me after a panel and are like hey Question, 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 question. Um, <laughs> I especially, especially, especially love it when um, <laughs> when someone who's organizing the the convention is like, "Hey, can you leave? <laughs> like, <laughs> can you get out of this room so we can queue up for the next panel." Because that just means that not only were people interested in staying and talking, they were interested in staying and talking after our time was up, and that is just like. I don't know. It feels it feels nice. It feels good. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. I felt bad I couldn't go. I guess like I met I misread on uh, like the last time that the train station was gonna like go to my area when I found out once I got to the train station to like go to the time that I was going to go, I hit the update button and they're like, Oh no, there were other trains like leaving at like seven o'clock, eight o'clock. That would Yeah, I thought it was a little peculiar that on a weekend evening, because at that point, Friday is considered a weekend. Yeah. Like, Friday after 3 o'clock, it's, it's the weekend. Um, yeah. I thought it was weird that you couldn't find a train back to where you were staying. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you can or cannot find on a train. Like, I don't know what the train schedules are. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it was a really good panel. We had a really energetic crowd. Uh, we were laughing and having an informative time. Which to me, that's, that's a panel about. every panel should be at least fifty percent information and fifty percent entertainment. Because if you are here exclusively for information, well, you sometimes this stuff is dry, and when it's dry, it's boring. Yeah, you might as well just like stay. Yeah, stay home and like watch the course online or something. You may as well. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not here to teach you a college class. If you want a college class, you will hire me like a college professor. Panels, in my opinion, are best if they are a perfect balance of informational and fun. Because if you're not having fun, then what's the point? Now, granted, yep. there are where it goes way too off the rails and it's like fun and not enough substance. I kind of call those like my sugar cereal panels. <laughs> okay. Because, so, like, put it this way. Um, their Lucky Charms is objectively delicious. 
and magically so. <laughs> like if you spent an hour eating Lucky Charm cereal, you'd feel gross. You'd you feel would. like the first couple minutes would be great. And then afterwards you'd be like, oh, what did I do? Where did my time go? I feel yeah. like I wasted myself. Yeah, the dread sits in. Like, why did I do this? Exactly, exactly. But if you go to a panel that is all information, so this would be like your fiber one, you get the same breakdown. Like, well, this is good for me, but I didn't enjoy it. So that's why my, my panel philosophy is to balance both. Um, and I'm very grateful because I feel like Rocket, V, and I are a really good balance. Um, I haven't gotten to do a panel with Expletives and Thread yet. I really want to because she's part of our consortium of panelist people. Um, she usually does panels <laughs> when I am unable to. She does it, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but I want us to like all four of us do a panel together because we all get on so well. We have a really similar senses of humor, but we also shine in different ways. Um, so when it's Rocket V and I, what tends to happen is Rocket tends to take more of a moderator position and is very um, engineering and chemistry minded. So when he's talking about cosplay, he tends to talk about it from a very technical standpoint, which is very helpful. That's very informative. Yeah. He can also you know, crack jokes and be silly, but he's like very technical in his approach, which is very helpful for the people who are coming strictly for information. Then on my end, um, I like to, I know that I am a, I know I'm a funny person. I know that I like to do improv and I like to mess around. So I tend to bring a lot of levity. Yes, I know I'm also informative too. And I will throw down some very informative tricks and hacks and things. But where I shine best is when I can kind of keep the pace moving by cracking jokes and making the audience or the panelists smile. And then B is a healthy mix of the two where she'll be um, cracking jokes and everything, but also a little more on the technical side too. So she kind of is like melding between Rocket and I. Yeah. It's really, it's a really good system. <clears throat> Our panel came out really great. And I'm sad that, I'm sad that you missed it. I'm really sad that it doesn't, I can't seem to find out if it was streamed or not. Oh, Granted, record, I did not yeah. very hard because I was there. So I don't really have a reason personally to look unless it's to be like, Hey guys, but for real, this is uh, what a panel looks like. Yeah. That's Future Mink's problem. Maybe I'll I'll do some deep dive looks to see if they streamed that. I've had panels streamed before, but I'm not sure if they set that room up for that. Yeah. One of, one of you did. I'll, I'll uh, go watch a panel of yours. I promise. <laughs> I just well, they are entertaining and informative. Yeah. I they're pretty darn great. One time I did a panel, and I kid you not, I was told that it was a 60-minute panel. So I prepared for a 60-minute panel. And then at around the 50-minute mark, I'm starting to, like, it was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I think I'm going to have to wrap this up a little early because we're only here for, for 60 minutes. And then the room moderator looks at me, and she goes, Oh, no, 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 you're all set. You can go for 90 minutes. Oh. 
And I'm like, pare down. Because when, you, when you're told you have a 60-minute set, and then you're told that you can go for 90 minutes, one of two things happens. Either you're super excited that you now have way more time, or you're panicked because you're like, I did not prepare for this. I'm a teacher, so I can fill a time. There are two things that I am very good at. I'm good at filling space, and I'm good at filling time. <laughs> so it worked out. It worked out and worked really well. But then I talked to the moderator afterwards, and I was like, honey, bunches of oats, what happened? Like, did was there a miscommunication? Like, was I approved for 90 minutes? And then, I, like, I just didn't know. And her response to me was something to the tune of, like, oh, well, the room wasn't going to be used for another, like, hour or so. And the room seemed like the audience seemed so into what you guys like what you were doing that we were just like, eh, have an extra 30 minutes. Yeah, give her more time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, that's dope. Like, I like that the, the moderator, like, <laughs> genuinely entranced by what we were doing was like, yeah, go have fun. And God help us, we had fun. We used every second of those extra 30 minutes. Yeah. Always a good time. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. What else? I didn't really uh like usual, yeah, I didn't I didn't go to a year panel. I tend to not go to panels much. Like even with like comic book panels or stuff like that. Like unless it was like say a panel that you were running um that I definitely want to try to go to to help support you. Um, and I didn't really get a chance to like look around artist alley that much either. I felt like that that's was it. way That's cool. my favorite place is artist alley. Yeah. Cause like you're not going to find a more dedicated or talented set of individuals. Cause all the artists in artist alley are like, hardworking salt of the earth like i got here on my own back you know kind of people right they're the private business owners they're like not private business um self-employed folks and like yeah. not to touch on companies obviously i'm here for companies and vendors who are in the expo hall who are already established but like i always have a soft spot for the um the artist alley i'm so so butthurt that I missed the artist alley this year. I got in for like a hot second. And when I say hot second, I mean hot. It was so warm in the artist alley that I physically could not be there for an extended period of time because it was just too hot. And I was in, I was in leather, baby. Yeah. The outfit. Did be yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was also devastation for me because that is one of my favorite places to go. And you meet such amazing people, and they're like so excited to be there and to like talk about fandoms. It's so magical. So I'm I'm sad I missed it as well. Yeah, yeah. I had a nice talk with a guy about Kingdom Hearts three when he was checking out my uh, my uh, biography book that I got at Dark Horse. I was like telling him like interesting facts, like how like um the guy who voiced Woody in Kingdom Hearts three was actually um Tom Hanks's brother. No, shut up. No, yeah, yeah. So they could 
Get Tom so they got the the next best Hanks. Because it will, it would weird that like the guy who was playing Woody in Kingdom Hearts three sounded like Tom Hanks, but I'm like, I mean, I know it did me. Saying we couldn't get Chris Hemsworth, so we got we got Liam. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was very interesting to see that like they got his brother, who I guess had voiced Woody in certain Disney properties that like weren't like the mainland Toy Story films. But well, I mean, because he's brother, I feel like the advantage is that he could be like, "Hey, Tom, <laughs> what do you do?" Or like, "How like can you vocal train?" I'm assuming this is Jim Hanks. If that's his brother's name, yes. Yeah. It's just like, because, I mean, it's, it's if I were a claimed A-list actor who my face needed to be present for movies and stuff, I still wanted to be part of this franchise that, like, meant so much to me, where it was like I my voice needed to be there, I'd be like, you know... My voice is pretty okay, but I hear my sister can do a pretty mean mink impression. <laughs> you know, like I think I think that was a smart pivot on Tom's point uh, perspective. Right. Um, I, just hope, I just hope that Jim is like, you know, cool with it. That like, yeah, he doesn't have the, um, the same red carpet sizzle. But like, hopefully, he doesn't feel like his work is derivative, you know? Right, right. Um, oh my god, this is so interesting. I'm yeah. looking up, looking up um, stuff about Jim Hanks right now, and apparently, he was in Forrest Gump. Huh. As Forrest Gump, he was Tom Hanks's body double. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. That, that brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> wow. This is wackadoodle to me because he does like apparently he does acting, voice acting, and filmmaking and has been active since like the late 80s. So now I need to like go back and every time I heard voice acting that I thought was Tom Hanks, now I have to go back and be like, Son of a bee, was it Tom? Yeah. Or was it Jim? <laughs> yeah. He was in Robot Chicken. I always thought that was Tom Hanks. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God, he was in the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. Oh. He was in Scrubs. He was in Dexter. He was in... Lois and Clark. Oh my god, he was in Lois and Clark. <laughs> oh. oh boy. His video game legacy is, by the way, like pretty much Toy Story the days. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if you can't get Tom Hank because of money, you might as well get his brother. <laughs> I don't think it's a money thing. I'll be honest, based on what I heard about Tom, I don't think it's a money thing. Really? I think Tom is in high demand. Okay, okay, so then it's a scheduling issue. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, same with Tim Allen. 
I don't know who they got to voice Buzz in Kingdom Hearts 3. He sounded like him, though. Pretty close. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tim Allen. Like, Tom Hanks is still doing projects. What's the last thing you saw Tim Allen in? <laughs> that wasn't Buzz Lightyear, obviously. See, now you got me looking up Kingdom Hearts 3 Disney cast. Who was in what? Yeah, well, you should. Because uh, the world needs to know. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm looking up Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks, I'm looking up um, Tim Allen's, like, Wikipedia page, and the last two movies he's been in was Ralph Breaks the Internet and Toy Story 4, where he played who? Who did he play? Oh, that's right, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> um... Did you uh, did you know that the Darn so, he is not credited for Kingdom Hearts three though in video games. Scandalo. Uh ba, ba, ba. they got um so Tell one of the well, one of the keyboy masters is a uh, master Ericus, um, who looks like Hironobu Sakaguchi. And the whole thing that they pulled a whole Yen Sid where if you spelled um, Ericus's name backward, it's square, like Square okay. Enix. Oh my so god. There's, there's a young there's a young version of him, like in flashback with him and the main bad guy when they were younger. The younger version of him is voiced by Drake Bell from Drake and Josh. Oh, you didn't have to say from Drake and Josh. I already knew who Drake Bell was. I know it's for the benefit of the podcasters. Well, like, yeah, you never know. Um, Drake Bell, I had such a crush on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were right. Jim he Hanks, that's his name. Dreamy. I know. I hope he's still dreamy. Oh, um, they got well because they got some of the original voice actors from like Frozen to reply to their roles. Um. It was funny because I read, so Zachary Levi was in it as Flynn in the Flynn Rider. Good lord. Okay, but so apparently it had been so long since Rapunzel had come out that Zachary Levi forgot what he sounded like in the movie. Eh. So I think in the game and in the movie they're like slightly different voice accents. <laughs> Although that surprises me because Rapunzel does have an animated TV show and they did not cut corners. That is actually Mandy Moore, pop singer extraordinaire, and Zachary Levi, handsome devil slash, you know, hero of the show Chuck, uh, doing the voices of their on screen, like, you know, on their movie screen but on the small screen wow. and that is surprising because when you saw like the how to train your dragon mini series, that one still had the main leads. But like, if you think Jonah Hill was going to take time out of his very busy life to reprise his role of Snotlout, you, you crazy. <laughs> uh, not for, not for a Netflix show. Yeah. It's funny because um... he did 
you've activated okay you've activated me because like voice chasing is one of my second favorite things to do first favorite <laughs> thing, obviously including hedgehogs cosplay and naps yeah yeah they got uh Kristen bell and adina menzel for frozen to reprise their roles oh, of course they did they literally can't adina menzel aka adele dazim <laughs> never not funny um only she is the only person who can be Elsa because she's the only person who can talk with such a nasally voice and not sound crazy. Yeah. Tom Kenny voiced the rabbit in Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> not surprising. Tom Kenny voices everything. Tom Kenny is a national treasure. Yeah. Um, For those uninitiated, Tom Kenny literally voices everything. But you know him from SpongeBob. Right. It was so weird. So I was at the Tasty Peach booth, I believe, or or a booth buying something, and next door to me was freaking Kel Mitchell. Well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, they had some weird placements. I remember. I don't remember who the actor was, but I remember being like, "Bold move," because they had a moment where, in the middle of the expo hall, in the middle of the chaos, that's where they were doing, like actor meet and greets it wasn't like in a special offshoot area it was like literally in the middle and then they had a line like they would do cues in the middle of the expo hall and i was like well that oh. is misguided oh boy yeah well, because it's crowded so people are just gonna be in that queue area because it's not crowded and then they get swatted like flies out of there and they're like buddy i just want a place to stand that's not on top of another human yeah there's there's no solving that they just they just kind of you know made their bed right Jeez, louise i was i tell you now though if it didn't cost me 80 dollars to like so much as look at zachary levi i would have i would have gone right up to that signature booth holy smokes <laughs> but uh you know what's free watching youtube videos of zachary levi i do not have to pay 80 dollars to enjoy his charm, personality, and wit. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you got the money to burn, go for it. But I, I never saw the fascination of paying upwards of like over fifty dollars for an autograph of someone. Yeah, like I've gone to meet and greets where it's free, but like if you want a signature, it costs. And that's like I just go up to like I met Troy Baker that way and was just like, hey, dude, you're amazing. You're a talented singer. You're an even more talented voice actor. You're gorgeous. And I just wanted to let you know that I value your work. And he was like, right on. Because, of course, he was, like, right on. He's basically, like, the modern country star. Um, I love that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Troy Baker's great. Nolan North is fabulous. I, I did actually shell out for, um, for an autograph on his end. But that's because he's gorgeous. <laughs> Hey, I can't deny. Yeah, he's good looking. Uh, <laughs> I also, I did meet um, Jeanette Varney. She's the voice actress of um, Korra from Avatar Legend of Korra. Ooh. I met her dressed up as Asami. And my claim to fame is that we took a picture together, which was lovely. My claim to fame is while we were taking the picture, she told me I smelled nice. <laughs> oh. And I will take that to my grave. I smelled nice, according to Jeanette Varney. So if you ever wanted to know, like, hmm, 
I wonder what mink smells like. Wonder no longer. The answer is nice. nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, anyway, we've gone off. We've gone a little bit off the rails. It's all good. It's fine. No, the the last episode. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine, cosplayer in Australia, and we were just going off topic about like how how tall certain other Australian cosplayers were. So that was fine. Was the answer exceedingly tall? Because I feel like there's a stereotype, a positive stereotype to be sure. I feel like there is a stereotype that Aussies are tall. They, uh, yeah, like five foot five and above, like close okay. to close uh, to six foot, from what I remember. I could live in Australia. Yeah, I wouldn't mind visiting it. Yeah. Oh, I I would mind. I want. Nothing to do. Not that I don't want to be in Australia. Australia sounds like it's a beautiful place. I don't want to get to Australia because that is a 24-hour. You're living an entire day on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I don't know for that. I, just, I, I'm I, like, I can't. No. No. <laughs> so saying... Australian conventions, if you want me to be a cosplay guest, I will suck that up. And I will absolutely get on a plane for a, one, a full day just so I could be a guest at your convention. I will. I would like you to know, future uh, convention organizer, that uh, it will be a giant hardship for me. But my love for whatever convention and for what I am doing will override my absolute distaste the TSA then for just yeah I'm 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 game to go if you need someone to hold a panel or assist uh yeah I'll go <laughs> I got my podcast and my blog that's all I got <laughs> like what oh I think they've hung up on us <laughs> oops oh boy uh anything else about New York Comic Con you want to talk about uh, it was the wild ride. It was. Very, very crowded. Um, the food was okay. <laughs> and that's your first problem, Cap. You ate at the con. Yeah. Um, it was expensive. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of expensive. Um... I guess we could go into franchise design slash teacher techniques. So, I mean, you kind of talked about it already, but in regards to your toothless outfit, which you debuted, was there a favorite part in the process of making it or like a difficult part or? Oh, heck yeah. So uh, lots of folks were asking me about different elements of it. So here's a perfect opportunity for me to be like, let me tell you about it. Um, so the costume is largely made out of leather uh, instead of, you know, foam. So it is technically armor. I don't think it would be very good armor because I used uh, six to seven ounce veg tan leather as opposed to like, I don't know, 10 to 12 ounce leather would have been a better armor, but I also wouldn't have been able to get some of the details that I got in on it. Um, every single one of the scales or any design that you see on my armor had to be stamped by yours truly. So it's like me and a hammer 
and stamping tools and just like hours upon hours upon hours of work. Uh, it was like better than therapy. I tell you what, like smacking every single scale. I think I've done like tens of thousands of scales to make that happen. There is a skirt under my murder spikes skirt uh, that like you can barely see. And that's like six panels that are just covered in scales. So there's like hundreds of scales on each panel. And like, you can't even, you can barely see it, but I'm like, I know it's there. So that makes me happy. Uh, the wings, everyone was asking me about the wings, which makes me really happy because it was a 24 hour wing make. So I only gave myself 24 hours to make it. I somehow managed to make it, <laughs> um, but it's all foam. It's foam and 12 gauge wire with a, um, a very, very carefully positioned um, piece of uh, PVC board. Oh. And it's held on with nylon webbing. And the thing is light as a feather. It's so like simple to wear. So I, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, these wings, they're so big. They must be so heavy. And I'm like, ah, uh, no. You'd be surprised. <laughs> and I, I literally, I invited people. I was like, give them a good fluff. You'll see. And they'd fluff my wings. They were like, oh my God. I was like, now lift my tail. And they would like lift my tail and it was objectively heavier. I was like, yeah. So any, any effort that I have saved wearing these wings, I have burnt wearing the rest of it. Cause the rest of it really was armor. Like my headpiece are, uh, you know, it's leather. My, uh, my pauldron leather, chest guard leather, the belt with the murder spikes. Guess what? It's leather and then suede leather with murder spikes. And when I say murder spikes, I'm saying they're like inch to an inch and a half long spikes. And there's 60 of them. And they're where I put my butt. Ooh. Uh, one of my friends who works at Tandy Leather Factory, where I bought all my stuff, uh, like all my base materials, he referred to them as murder spikes. And now that's, I can't not refer them as anything <laughs> but murder spikes. It's what they are. Sounds good. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many rivets I used. I mean, it's over 300, but I don't know. Oh, how my many. gosh. Whew. How do you think all that stuff stays together? I can never imagine myself doing that much <laughs> stuff. I, I missed doing it. Like, because yeah. the process is elaborate as heck. Because, like, when you start, you, you start by, like, making, I make a paper pattern because yeah. leather is expensive and I don't want to screw up. Yep. So you start by tracing onto the back of leather. Then you cut it. I use leather shears, but then you cut each piece. Then you have to saturate each piece with like a little bit of water just so that it can you can make it supple and toolable. Um, I also um, bevel down the edges and then I use a wood tool to like make the edges very smooth otherwise they have this like raw grainy texture to it so you have to like sweep that down and you have to really like work the edges of the leather so that it looks like the force of the friction and the force of the pressure just contains all of the the, the leather in itself like into itself which is its own process and then and then you can like start doing the tracing of your pattern onto the leather 
and then you can do the cutting. So you have to cut into the leather, which I use a swivel knife for, and then you can start doing some of the tooling. And then once you do the tooling, you can hydrate it again, and then you're doing the shaping, and then you do, um, then you set the shaping. And then I didn't, I decided not to dye my leather because I was using color shift paint. So I then had to prime for painting and then paint and then top coat. And you do all of this before you even rivet the thing together. So you don't actually get to see what it all looks like really until the leather is fully prepped and ready to go. And then like the last step is riveting it together, putting in the buckles. Oh, and I okay. the on buckles sucks. <laughs> It's effort. It's effort. It is really fun. And I tell people like, oh, it ain't hard. But like when I think about it, I'm like, it's not. I don't find it especially hard, but it is very time exhaustive. It can For be sure. rather precise work. And I might not find it exhausting, but I know it can be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds exhausting to me when you're talking about it. So, yeah. Well, like even the smallest piece took me like, you know, five to seven hours. Ooh. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a lot of work, but it's fun for me. I love it. And yeah, I no. really happy with the final product because it had been a while since I had done like an all leather armor situation and I'm already like right. if it wasn't so expensive I'd totally like to do more of that but alas money I mean I'll still do it but that's because I'm crazy yeah crazy but awesome nice thank <laughs> you <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, well, this sounds like a nice place to end it off. Unless, right on. unless you got any other last minute like thoughts that came into your head in terms of no, the con or I've been squeezing my brain the whole time. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um all right, so I guess that wraps it all up. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed learning about what New York Comic Con was like for the two of us this year, uh, and especially with all the wonderful things that Mink got to do with their contest and the panel, and then going into detail about how Toot was made. Uh, seriously, can't thank her enough for doing this with me. Um, if you guys want to keep up with me, just um, you can follow my podcast, Cosplay Bites, or my blog, Lightning Palace, over on Blogspot. And then I have a Instagram and Twitter for Lightning Palace. Um, it's at Lightning Palace on Twitter and Lightning Palace blog on Instagram. Um, and that's about it for me. Uh, Mink, if they want to find you, where do they go? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, basically everything but Snapchat, because Snapchat's for teens. Um, it's all under Mink the Sayer. That's S-A-T-Y-R, not to be confused with the, you know, High Holy Day uh, special meal. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a mythological being. Yeah. And, yeah, 